Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Here we are, May Bank Holiday Weekend. We should be starting to talk about the All-Ireland Championship, but that's a, a distant memory for us now as coronavirus and the lockdown rumbles on. On Friday night, on Taoiseach Leo Varadkar, laid out the pathway for easing of restrictions. And from a GA perspective, we're looking at some of the key dates. The first one of those is the 18th of May, and that'll be the opening of outdoor public sports amenities, including pitches, tennis courses, golf courses, etc. So what does that mean for the GA and for the club player? I'm delighted to welcome Michal Briodi of the uh, Club Players Association. Uh, Michal, your phone must be hopping in the last number of weeks with uh, players up and down the country looking for advice and what to do, what to plan for. Do you have the answers? Well, I don't necessarily have the answer, uh, Colin, but I suppose, yes, you're, you're, you're right. There's a lot of um, requests coming in from our members looking for certainty or clarity on what's going to happen. And unfortunately, it's not straightforward. It's a mixed bag because you have some uh, people are saying, look, we need to get back. We're mad to... Get tra- you know, get training, get playing, and then on the other hand, then we have individuals, and especially there, even after last Friday night, now we had a lot of uh, communications. Certainly yesterday, there was um, you know, uh, as regards the dates coming back in in July, um, what was said by uh, the Taoiseach was that you know that, or it was it was listed in the documentation that sort of the GA is a partial contact sport, and it would be coming in even in advance of rugby. And then that there would be sort of, uh, you know, need to be sort of reparations made for social distancing in the crowd and minimising the, the numbers at the games. But there was absolutely no direction given or sort of thought given to, well, what about the players, right? When you go into a dressing room situation, how do you um, how do you implement social distancing? How do you sort of ensure um, hygiene standards are, you know, and, and, and recommendations are, are, are carried out? And of course, then when you go out onto the playing field, um, two individuals marking each other, like you know, are sort of it, it, it's very close. So we're getting a lot of feedback from club players to say, well, look, we don't, you know, are we going to be safe playing? So I think you're going to get a mixed bag, and I think you're even seeing that in the inter-county players are, are saying a similar message. You even hear a similar message from the Premier League players in the UK. Like, you know, you get a mixed bag. Some are saying they're not. Is it safe to go back? So I think we're a little bit away, like, you know, and I know July was given a date there for clubs to sort of maybe sort of go back, but I, I, I do not think that's conceivable at this stage. Okay, but, but isn't that kind of the entire nub of it, Michal? You can have all the recommendations and everything in terms of what you should be doing in a dressing room and this suggestion that you turn up in the car, togged out. But, of course, all of that is null and void the second you step out onto a field and you take a shoulder from the fella after 15 seconds. Yeah, absolutely. Like the nature of the game, like you know, and the brilliance of the game is that um, th- th- that's part and parcel. It's up close and personal, like you know, and you know, you have players sort of sweating and <clears throat> and, and and sort of in very close proximity to each other. And we have heard those, and even in juvenile training, 
you know, they just come togged out. But, like, I mean, you can actually incorporate social distance in a dressing room. You can put in three or four individuals at a time and get them out, changed and showered and, and, and take turns. I mean, that's been done in, in factories and, and workplaces all over all, all over the country. And we're becoming used to that. But you cannot do it when, when, when the referee blows the whistle. Like, um, that's going to be that's going to be the issue. Like, you know, and how can, you know, it's not just about the players here. And, and in fairness, the players are sort of, generally speaking, wouldn't be in a vulnerable category. But if the players are, you know, if, if, if they happen to contract COVID on the field of play um, and pass it on, maybe they're living with a, a vulnerable person, maybe an elderly person or, or, or otherwise vulnerable person, and that's passed on to them and they become critically ill or pass away. Well, then potentially you have an insurance issue here. Like, you know, I mean, is it possible here that uh, that the GAA or any sporting organisation could be sued because they didn't take the duty of care that they owe to their members, i.e. their players? And this is what kind of... So this is going to have to be... This is really a hotbed of... Uh, the potential issues here. It's not a case of, and as much as ma many people, including uh, us, in the, from a spectator point of view, want to see club games and intercounty games back because we're just craving it, right? But there are other issues here at play that that um, that are going that are going to come into you know into the conversation, uh, and I assume Crow Park are sort of considering these points. And uh, more than any other national sporting organisation, do, do you get the sense that there's almost a bit of a, a cat before the horse in in that there seems to be a, a huge onus on the social distancing and the stands and how many people you can let into the ground? And this has been the big topic as well in the Premier League. If the Premier League was to return, I think it's 220 non-playing officials that you'd need between media, broadcast, etc. But it's only now then that we're actually starting to talk about the actual players on the field of play. And I think, as you mentioned there, even the Premier League footballers who are paid incredible amounts of money are now voicing concerns about putting their health in jeopardy. Yeah, absolutely. Like, I mean, that's the the conversation has always been around the the, the, the attendees at the game. And, and we know that, you know, we would we would settle for looking at games um, with no crowds in the you know at the intercounty game or in in, in any other sporting organisation because we would have something to watch and also those sporting organisations are looking to get those games played because they don't get the TV money until un, unless they put those games on with or without crowds. Yes, they would lose the gator seats, but in many cases, in certainly in the GA, the the majority of intercounty games, as will be shown in the annual report, are loss making activities. You know, it's not in the final rounds of the. The hurling and football championship that they start to make a profit per match. So, but then when you go to club, like I mean, invariably, like I mean, it's never really been overly difficult uh, to, you know, the crowds are generally lower. Like, but then again, crowds can be quite big now at the moment. If people sort of, I think, if you put on any type of a match now at the moment, you would get quite a few people going to it because of the the inertia and the boredom that's that's around. Like, you know, but again, too, there would be a fear among the older generation and. You know, to go to matches, and then maybe their sons and daughters saying to them, "No, Dad, you're not going to those matches because you know that's a high risk. Let's just sit it out for this year." So there, there may be a lot of sort of uh, merit, right, in actually sort of looking at this and looking at the practicalities of it very soon. You know, in Crow Park and kind of saying, "Look, scratch 2020. Right? We need to look here now and sort of say, like 2021 is when it when, when it kicks back, because with all that amount of certainty, all you're going to have is." Uh, inter-county and uh, club players 
just dangling on, is it coming back, is it not? And I think, you know, at some stage, it's not yet, I, I appreciate it's not yet, but at some stage in the next uh, few, I would say next six weeks, that call needs to be made. So just to clarify what you're saying there, Michal, that, that call would be right across the spectrum, inter-county, all the way down to club, to underage, right across the, 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 the ballpark. Yeah, well, we're, we're, we're at this... Uh, at a juncture now, like I mean, we're, if I was sitting in Tom Ryan or John Horn's seat, I would be sort of uh, making contact with Tony Holohan, right, and kind of saying, "Well, look, right, in the GA from our point of view, right, how if we're to go back, right, assuming we don't know the date yet, what are you going to expect of us, right? From yes, we talk about the crowd situation and social distancing, but what are you going to, you know, what are we going to have to do from a playing point of view?" And if we think that that's going to compromise our games and there has to be any changes put in, well, then Crow Park uh, and Central Council are going to have to decide what's best for the games. And if that is then not to have any games at all, um, you know, I, I think sooner rather than later, because, I mean, you're not going to go to September, you're not going to go to October and then suddenly realise, God, yeah, we never thought about the players and this is not possible. At this point in time, in the next sort of four to six weeks, we should be able to look and say, look, this is what the games are going to look at. And this is what we're going to do. Right, because we're probably going to poll our members now in the next um, week or so, right, and ask them what are they prepared to do, right? We're going to ask them, well, look, guys, what's your fears? Who wants to play? Who doesn't want to play? And that would be quite an an, an indicative sort of uh, feedback. And I think the, the GPA should do probably something similar, like you know, uh, we can kind of just get a sense check on this, because as much and all as they can do in preparing on fixtures and rescheduling, if the players are not safe and the players are not prepared to play. Well, the sooner we know that, the better. And what's your gut feeling, Michal, from the, the texts and the communications you've been getting since Friday night in particular? What's the what's the feeling on the ground? Our lads are obviously still training away remotely, but uh, I'm sure there's huge questions that they're kind of going, what exactly am I training for? Or when am I training for? Yeah, there's definitely frustrations with like, you know, they want to know a certainty from a, from a day, from a training point of view. So when they can sort of taper their training or, you know, to, to get that to come. But more so the overriding uh, emotion and sort of kind of feeling we got certainly this weekend is fear of being used as guinea pigs, you know. And this is what they were taking. And I don't think the GA are doing it, but I think maybe it was misinterpreted on the, the Taoiseach's uh, announcement. But yeah, we you know the GA will go back even before rugby, and I'll go back at club level. But it's kind of like, yeah, that's all right. That's sorting the social distance from the crowd. But who are the guinea pigs? The club players. So that has to be sort of that has to be sorted out um, very soon and thought about. Uh, not not from sort of you know. I mean, I don't have the answers on this one, like you know, and I don't think even um, the, the director general or president will have the answers. I think they have got to consult with the, the medical professionals and see what is what is a reasonable uh, risk and, and and take the decision on a risk assessment basis. But is, is there a fear, given how fast moving the, the virus itself is and the information around it, Mihal, that you can make a decision now in the month of May and a completely different scenario exists in the month of August and September? I don't think so. I don't think so. I mean, I, I, I know myself from sort of, a, you know, from my work point of view, we deal in a lot of international markets and specifically in Asia. And an example there in Singapore, it was some of the first markets there to sort of get uh, the coronavirus and they were hit quite badly with it. 
and they came back, uh, lifted up the, the, the lockdowns there six weeks ago and had to put them back down again, even in a stricter way, three weeks ago. So they're still on lockdown now because the second wave of coronavirus there that hit with more community transmissions was harder uh, more was more significant than the first. So this is the way it is going to take effect in Europe. You know, and, and the sort of um, the fallacy that sort of um, hot weather is going to deal with, like it's happened in, in far hotter climates than here in Ireland. So, I mean, if you go back to sort of 1980, 1990 with the Spanish flu, it came in three different waves. So we can't be sort of, you know, we can't be sort of uh, thinking that this is just all going to be right in, in three three to six weeks' time or, or a month or two months' time. And uh, if you listen to any of the politicians and any of the professional medical professions, they're not saying that. Okay. In terms of the last number of weeks, and I suppose people have been talking more and more about the importance of community and the importance of club and the club GA, are, are you taking some kind of positives for that for down the road? Oh, absolutely. I mean, I think I think the one thing, you know, there's certainly been some positives coming out from the lockdowns and sort of the way we sort of had to reevaluate our, our, our lives. And one of, one, of the, one of the things is the sense of community and the sense of, you know, general just sort of, you know, people want to help and people are helping people who are in need, vulnerable people like, you know, um, you know, doing all their messages, people who are cocooning and whatnot and, and GA clubs throughout the country, right, really have stepped up, you know, to the mark on that. And also, too, with the fundraising that you see for various different charities, uh, quite a few of them, like, you know, high profile, you know, but the, it, a lot of these are even starting in clubs. And because, of, you know, they're, and it's the club players, the club members that are coming together uh, on this, like, you know, so I think, like, going forward, it's it, it's reevaluating, it, it, from our point of view, um, certainly from my point of view, it looks and kind of says that there's not enough emphasis on club and the sort of kind of club player and the club fixtures. And I think, you know, uh, certainly like and we've been quite vocal on it in, in, in recent years that the inter-county game has taken way too much of the time calendar um, and that needs to be kind of redressed. But it needs to be redressed because, you know, people people are from localities, people are from clubs. That's where the pride sort of thing kind of comes from. And there's been too much disconnection between club and inter-county. And all the inter-county players too, like, you know, by and large, you need to go back to sort of kind of club at their base. And yes, the inter-county game is, 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 by, is, is our promotional activity and is absolutely brilliant. But it, it takes up way too much time um, in, the, in the fixtures calendar. But is there a fear, though, Naomi Hall, on the back of we'll say 2020 being written off from a, an inter-county, from a national perspective, that they're going to be so desperate to squeeze every possible last drop out of 2021 that the, the club situation gets pushed back down once again. Well, we won't let, we won't let that happen. And I don't think, uh, you know, I, I, I don't think they can morally do that because all of their, um, you know, sentiments coming is that they will always put club first and the club will be the first to go back. And, and 98% of players... Or you know, come and only play club football or club hurling, right? So I mean, yeah, twenty twenty one is going to have to you know be involved if they want to run the twenty twenty Sam Maguire uh, Liam McCarthy Cup into the new year or something like that's going to have to replace the league. I think there's a massive opportunity here now. Um, the fixtures review committee set last year and did a lot of work, did a lot of good work, um, a lot of work, that, more work that they could have done. That's why we stepped down from it, um, but. At the same time, too, that hasn't gone any further. There was supposed to be roadshows going out 
and sort of delivering all the sort of potential options that that you know that that can bring. Now is the time in the next in the next three three to six months when the, if there is downtime, as we anticipate there will be throughout the whole GA calendar, this is the time to get it right. So the 2021, it actually looks, you know, like there's a fair um, a, a fair proportion of the calendar given to all the different uh, stakeholders from college, club, intercounty, the whole lot. But it's a brilliant opportunity for them to do it. Like all the, all the, back, all the, the sort of the hard work is kind of done, but they need to take it to a, a kind of a to put it out there to all the mem all the members to the media um, and to all the different clubs around the country and get them debating it uh, somehow so at least we can go back in with certainty and a far better calendar in 2021. Okay, very good. Final question to me: What what advice would you give to any club footballers or hurlers or managers or anything that are, are listening to us at this moment in time? It's it's so hard to get information from anywhere at the moment on all of this um, and uh, I think in the absence of hard cold facts information rumours and speculation seems to to spread so quickly so from a CPA perspective what's the message? Well the message really is for any club player specifically at the moment is they're all doing their own individual training like you know as the, the lockdown sort of kind of uh, is abated somewhat over the coming uh, weeks they'll be allowed to go into sort of maybe a, a train with other individuals in their club which is obviously something that a lot of them are craving for because it's a lonely experience training on your own but they are doing it sort of sort of just keep at it like you know the end the end is nigh from that but I mean as regards sort of kind of uh, expectations of when games come come back we don't have a magic answer to that but the important thing is to, is to stay active but stay mentally right as well like you know so I mean it's it, it's very important that they sort of you know don't put too much pressure on them on, on themselves and this and a lot of people a lot of individuals have work issues and sort of uh, career issues and sort of uh, education issues so look Take a breather, take sort of um take the downtime, use it like you know, don't stress yourself and getting sort of overly overly fit at a state at a stage when you know there may not be games. There'll be plenty of times to plenty of time to walk into that and, and, and a lead in period for it. Even on a budget, quality is non negotiable. That's why Quinn's is the place to score high end essentials at fifty to eighty percent less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns.